And welcome back to the Delaware Boys Dynasty Football Podcast with your host, Ryan, and myself. We were the lone riders tonight, boys. Uh, the old men of the old men of the Delaware Dynasty Boys decided not to come out and talk tonight. Um, yeah, we're going to chalk it up to that. Yeah, uh, understandably, just to give them defense, one has a newborn baby and the other one has work at 4.20 in the morning. So, I mean, valid reasons to miss a pod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah extremely, extremely, extremely valid reasons. But week two recap, um, we're going to jump into it. We, we're going to do this a little different, though. Um, I think it's still a little too early to panic on your on your guys that we're going to probably discuss tonight, but – there's probably a little bit of concern, especially if you're starting 0-2 in your leagues. Uh, definite cause for concern. Um, 0-2 is not a start you want. It's not an ideal start. Um, but let's get into it. My first my first player I'm going to start, I'm not going to hit that, that layup pick. I'm going to tell you now, though, I have not liked what I've seen from Nathaniel Hackett. And to that correlates yeah. into Russ's gameplay. Um if I'm a if I'm a dynasty owner, and I'm gonna be honest with you, and what I've seen from Russ, I have not loved in general. And I'm gonna be honest with you, QB 18 through the first two weeks, I think it's gonna get better, but I don't love it uh, right now. Coming out about 16 points per game in fantasy for Russ, that's not that's not good at all, man. Um, yeah. You're a Russ owner, so I'll let you talk on it a little bit. I have no shares of Russell Wilson. Um, so I feel like the what I've paid for Russell Wilson and and what I've got him in this offseason is still kind of like justified. Like I traded Justin Fields in a package to get Russell Wilson. Justin Fields hasn't played great. Um, I did trade him for Stafford, but I got picks back in return. So do what you want with that. Um, I'm not – Hackett is not an NFL coach. I think that's uh, clear pretty early on. Uh, he's not prepared for this. Some of the play calls were on the clock down last week when they had a chance to go out there and throw a couple more passes to get closer to the field goal range. And uh, just some of the – once they get the red zone, his play calls get real, real dicey. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I put a lot of it on Nathaniel Hackett more so than Russell Wilson. Um, but it also doesn't help that Russell Wilson's using the same signals he used in Seattle. So, like – information is going to get out quick that like, okay, this is what he's running. So um, it's a little bit different. I'm not too worried. Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. So I know the talent's still there. It's just like two weeks in with a new coach and a new offense is, you know, enough cause for a little bit of uh shortness of play in the first little bit of the season. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm not overly concerned because I know, I know what Russ is. I know it's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I know, I know you're working with a new head coach. I mean, you've been with Pete Carroll for what, what has it been? 12 years, 11 years, 10, whatever the number is. It's a high yeah. number. But the, the number that concerns me is, I mean, I mean, last week against Houston, I expected a bounce back performance, a vintage 300 yard game, three touchdown game from Russ. Yeah. And we come out here with a 14, a 31, 219, a touch and a pick. You know what I mean? Like, it hasn't been pretty. There's gonna there's some growing pains in this offense. Um, like I said, if I'm going to give it a scale out of 10, I'll give it a three. Not overly concerned, you know, not hitting that eight panic button yet. Um, but, yeah, that that's where I feel about Russ. Um, yeah. Go ahead, man. 
we're gonna keep this rolling. I know there's a lot of players we can talk about. <laughs> um, so here's the thing: is one of the uh, Twitter fantasy darlings of the all season is Travis Etienne, who's off to a slow start, and J. Rob is still that guy. Um, lucky for me, the only league I have Etienne in, I still had J. Rob as a handcuff just in case. It's Logan that's going to pay off for me early on. Even though J-Rob has not been efficient with the ball, he carried the ball 23 times last week for 86 yards. That's not efficient play for a running back, and yet they're still touting him out there as the running back one. Even when ETN is efficient with his touches, I'm not sure if it's uh, uh like kind of ease ETN into the role or if it's a coaching thing with – Doug, like I'm not too sure on it yet. It might work itself out, but the first two weeks for ETN is not what any of us were expecting in the dynasty community. Totally agree. Um, I went out and acquired a couple of shares of ETN. Um, I'm not going to say I'm overly impressed with what I've seen so far. Uh, first game was a little bit of a of you know it was a little bit of a misinformation game. Um, yeah, he had four carries, but he was averaging 11 yards per carry. Uh, he looked explosive in his four carries. Uh, two catches could have went for touchdowns, um, one being on Trevor Lawrence on a missed throw, the other one being on him on a drop pass. Uh, he did fumble, and granted the fumble wasn't lost. He did get blown up. Um, he got blasted on that play. <laughs> yeah. The second the second game, though, um, obviously nowhere near as efficient with nine touches. But let's be honest, Indianapolis, you know, even without Darius Leonard – Shaq Leonard, however you want to, however you want to look at it, is Shaq, maybe it's still pretty. You know, it's still pretty tough. A tough front seven. So the two yards per carry doesn't look great. But he, the, my my thing to take away from this is seven touches to eleven touches. The the numbers going up. Yes, J. Rob is getting a extensive amount of more touches, but the snap percentages are about the same. He's playing yeah. in the two minute drill. He's playing in long yarded situations. Um, I think the role is going to carve itself out. I think this is one of those you can panic by week five type of type of acquisitions. Etn, if you acquired him at the right time, the price wasn't too drastic. Now, if you were later in your draft seasons, yeah, you had to pay a, more of a premium than probably what you wanted to pay. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Etn the same score as Russ. I'm gonna say I'm about a three out of ten. Yeah. I'm- yeah, we're about the same. Russ, honestly, I'm really not too concerned about it. I put myself at like a two for him. I think like as the season goes on, you see him get used to the offense and maybe hack it or like, you know, maybe let someone else call some plays or, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just working out the little hiccups that they've got to push through as a new offense. I mean, they got to let Russ cook if they're going to pay him all this money and give up as much as they did. They just got to let him do his thing. And so far, I don't think they've done much to help him i agree um i don't put it all on this but it also i mean you're playing houston you should be able to win with Cortland sutton albert o and javante but you know you did lose judy very early in that week two game like i said i mean losing one of your wide receivers when you're already down tim patrick but i mean kj hamler's is is okay enough to step into a role again a game against houston in my opinion but like I said, I, I put more of this on Nathaniel Hackett and the unpreparedness from what I've seen in the first two weeks. So no disrespect to any Russ owners. I just it's just something to, to bring up, but I don't own yeah. any shares of Russ. So I get to look at it from like an outside looking in type of type of standpoint. Yeah. Um I will tell you who I am impressed with. 
that would be Drake London. Drake London yeah. has shown out in this offseason. Um, Drake London has played – or in this first two weeks of the season, excuse me, he has shown phenomenal, phenomenal ball skills. His routes are fast. His routes are crisp. I am very impressed with Drake London. I take about I, I take back some things I said earlier in the offseason. I can I can admit I was wrong. But his counterpart, the fantasy football darling, the first round pick you have to waste on this man. I am not impressed with Arthur Smith's ability to get the ball in Kyle Pitt's hands. Oh yeah, for sure. Um we're gonna call it we're gonna call it what it is. If we're gonna give it like scales of one to ten, I'm up there maybe like gonna four or five range for pits i mean i don't know if it's the skill it's just like if you dropped him fourth overall um as a tight end you would think that you would want to use him as much as possible given like he's not much of a blocking tight end so he's going to be out there running routes um i get that you just drafted drake london on a roster to be your wide receiver one that's fair too but we've seen plenty of times where a good tight end, like two targets, two big target guys can be a thing in offense. And like the disappearance of Kyle Pitts is concerning. Now I'm not going to put him to the level of panic as like a, like a boomer bust for like Noah fan or like Evan Ingram or like some of these guys that came out that were supposed to be something big and they're not. I don't think Kyle Pitts is that, but you're absolutely right. With Arthur Smith offense, when you have a quarterback in Marcus Mariota who in previous seasons has heavily targeted his tight ends and you see no usage out of Kyle Pitts at all, um, especially for what we thought he was going to be, is really concerning for me, to be honest. Two weeks in, if I'm a Pitts owner, I'm hitting the panic button. Yeah, be especially, yeah, especially because, I mean, his first two games, a 84% snap percentage and a 93% snap percentage. It's like it's not like he's not on the field. Um Last year, I want to say he averaged, what, like 16 yards per catch, a very explosive number. Obviously, you're playing with Matt Ryan, a much more um, – a, a more trusted QB in the fantasy community than obviously Marcus Mariota. Um, that number drops to un- under 10. Um, so even when he is getting looks, it's not the explosive looks you want to see from a playmaker like Kyle Pitts. Um, I'll say this. I'm not, I'm not denying the generational talent. I'm not. But if, if this is your short-term solution to your QB problem, uh, Kyle Pitts, to me, will at a certain point in the season will become not playable just due to production. Yeah, um, I know you have to live with the fact that you drafted Pitts in the probably the early or the the mid to late first, maybe maybe early second, but. If you're one of those people that's just willing to let it ride, then you're going to let it ride and most likely lose because of a high draft pick that you used on Pitts. Yeah. Uh, it's scary. Well, it sucks because, I mean, I think his ADP was somewhere in, like, the beginning of the second round in startups. Um, and tight end premium, that gets higher, obviously, but that's different, different, different category. Um, but, yeah, you never want to draft somebody in the second round and have them bust on you the first two weeks. That just looks bad. And on top of that, you're never going to get back what you paid in the second round for Pitts. So it's like you can't even really move them, you know. And if you trade them for an offense, I'm sure you paid your ass off. I mean, anybody who's a Pitts owner would not sell them to me at all in this offseason. I have no Pitts shares, and I actively tried to get him this offseason. No one wanted to trade him. Um, 
so hindsight 50 50 you know i'm glad that like i didn't acquire him but at the same time man it's just just one of those things man and i've seen i've been in startup rookie drafts where a couple seasons ago he's going over jamar chase and it's just it's ugly See, I had one share of Pitts, and I actually traded him. It was a Pitts and Juju deal for Drake London and Mark Andrews, and I love that deal. Love it. Loved it, especially because I paired Mark Andrews with Lamar Jackson. That's right. It's 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 something special. It's it's that Pat Mahomes Travis Kelsey type special of combinations. Like it, you know. What I mean. And it's hard because I watched Pitts go for over a thousand yards last year. I watched Pitts be heavily utilized. We critiqued the touchdown numbers, but we said one touchdown game in his, you know, in his first season is an outlier. This kid is this kid is going to go for eight to ten for the next yeah. seven years. And well, I, don't, I think the biggest thing was like Matt Ryan never really targeted his number one, uh, like receiver tight end, whatever the case. Even Julio never really got touchdowns, so it's kind of like. It was easy to blame it on Matt Ryan saying, oh, he just doesn't target his guys in the end zone. And, like, that's fine. He still had a great rookie season. I mean, he did something only one that's been done only one at a time. Him and Mike Dick are the only rookie tight ends to catch a 1,000 yards in their first season in the NFL. So he's an elite company. It's just I don't, I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if something, like, happened, if there's a miscommunication between him and Mariota. But it's not looking too great so far. Yeah, 10 targets through two games is absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. Especially when, you know, I can't even pronounce the dude's first name. Aladis Zacchaeus is on the field. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, a great Cordell Patterson, you know, he's going to get some catches out of the backfield. That's cool. But Pitts should be your number one targeted option at this point. Um, no offense to Drake London, but, the, I mean, their draft capital is pretty close. I mean, you got 10th overall pick, and then you got 4th overall pick. You know what I mean? Right. It's close. But Kyle Pitts was, like, was talked highly regarded as this generational, like, I'm going to break the league type player. Yeah. And through two weeks with Arthur Smith this year, it sucks to say, but I have not been impressed at all yeah. with how they're scheming him. And honestly, you can go out next week and catch six balls for 80 yards and a touchdown, and then kind of like this conversation just goes away. But like, it goes away, yeah. At the same time, it's like what – it seems like when I'm watching the Falcons play, he's not even like involved like that. It seems like it's all Drake London. Um, also, just to Steven's point, I was also a Drake London hater. Sometimes you got to bite your bullet, keep it pushing, but, uh, you know, you're allowed to be wrong in fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I and I'm gonna I'm gonna rank this. I'm gonna give it a one. Um, but I'm only talking about this because if you go look at the fantasy football community right now, they're all in shambles because <laughs> Kyle Pitts yeah. is this Jesus Savior type player, and it just hasn't come to fruition yet. Um, but we talk about the Evan Ingrams and Noah fans. I I think Kyle Pitts is. I just think Kyle Pitts is a ten times better prospect than them. I like oh, I yeah. put him in his own tier. It, yeah. So it is what it is. But so I'm gonna give it a one. I'm not overly concerned. It's just fun to talk about because the fantasy community in general is very upset with Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I mean, understandably so. I mean you're paying all this price for him. But just another thing before we touch on the guys that have been impressive, uh just like 
running backs in general, like across the board, not a single one has over 17 points in week one and two. Not one. Nobody. Um, so are we looking at, is this like a two-week fluke thing and we're just kind of like overreacting to it? Or do you think we're going into fantasy where like running backs are no longer king and wide receivers are starting to take over the room considering we're going towards a more pass-heavy league? And on top of that, running quarterbacks are also starting to take over the league. I mean, you have Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts out here that look fantastic um, and can control the game with their feet. And they don't really need that like four-course running back behind them to get the job done. Uh I will say I think the running back position in general has changed to what it was 10 years ago. Um, true workhorses don't really exist in the league today. Uh, the 25 touch guys, the you know, those guys that can go for 30 touches and just dominate. Um, Derrick Henry being the outlier, but I absolutely hate what I'm saying from Tennessee in the first two weeks. Um yeah, and it the negative O line play and the negative play from Ryan Tannehill is either killing Derrick Henry or it's time to come to the realization that this may be the decline for Derrick Henry. Um, the overall they haven't looked impressive, but either way, I'm not going to get on Derrick Henry. Um, I think Taylor is still that outlier, that one, that true one running back one mold. Um, I will oh, say. Okay. Game- I would say him and Swift are the only two that seem to be like reliable this season so so far. See, see, and that, and I'm all in on Swift. Swift was my breakout player, um, and yeah, negative week two hurts because he has a quote unquote ankle sprain that we weren't taught that wasn't talked about until Wednesday it comes up on the injury report. But he still he still breaks off a fifty yard run. He has four runs yeah. of 20 yards or more this season, and we're only in the first two weeks of the year. Yeah. Um, but like I had a I had a buddy ask me, would he trade DeAndre Swift for Jamar Chase? And I said I I said, Yeah, I said, you have to. I said, the way the wide receivers are going this year, like if if you look at it. Diggs is off to the hottest start of his career. Uh, Cooper Cup showed that last year there there may not be a regression. Uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson had to go against Darius Slay the other night, and but I look more for I look for more games like week one than I would week two with with Justin Jefferson. Yeah, absolutely. Slay just Adams. blanketed him. Yeah, Adams. I don't know what happened in, in week two, but week one, dude has a forty five percent target share. Like. That's insane numbers when you're talking about, you know, the average depth that most wide receivers work at. Um, you have two wide receiver ones on the same team. You have Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I mean, the fantasy community in general was down on Tyreek Hill, but it the wide receiver position is catching up. Yeah. But to your point, I think that shows you that the elite running backs that you have the possibility of getting, it – it's hard to replace that value because running back is so shallow. It's so shallow. Yeah, absolutely. Meanwhile, yeah. you have you have 20 wide receivers, it seems like, every single week they go out and put up wide receiver one numbers in all realism. Like, the wide receiver, the wide receivers that are coming out, like Amon St. Brown, nobody talked about him as a top 15, 20 wide Christian receiver. Christian Kirk, who right now is the wide receiver seven. Christian Kirk. Yeah. Wide receiver seven. Exactly. Like, these are names that we can keep going down. 
Michael Pittman was drafted. His draft stock rose, but Pittman, if he doesn't sit out, you know, week one could be talked about as a top six option. Like it's just, it's crazy to me. This wide receiver, it's just crazy how my favorite position is being deflated. It yeah. it sucks. I hate seeing the fall of the running backs. Hey, wide receiver, stand up, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been a wide receiver guy. Um, but at the same time, man, I, I it's hard to fade running backs. Like you said, the depth is not there. So, like, I still feel like you have to roster at least two good running backs. At least two to win a league considering like anybody goes down. It's like, what are you, you're starting like Kareem Hunt as your running back too at that point, or like a Devin Singletary or Ramondre Stevenson type of deal. And like, obviously you don't want that starting lineup. So it's hard to not roster good running backs, but at the same time, I think we're kind of going towards more like a hero running back might be the new strat than like going out and blasting running backs earlier on when you can just, like you said, go get Stefan Diggs, who's playing absolutely out of his mind, or Cooper Cup, who's still the Cooper Cup from last year. Um, it's so tough. it's it's tough, yeah. But you know, fantasy's crazy. It's all up and down every week. You never really know. In four weeks, like I said, it's still only week two. Four weeks now, the running backs could go back to normal. But the fact that we're seeing Derrick Henry struggle, Austin Eckler struggle. Uh, Zeke is losing touches to Pollard. I mean, he did. He rushed pretty efficiently last week. I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit. Um, it's just I don't know, man. I, I mean, I realize these guys are getting older, and like maybe some of these workhorse guys that we're starting to that we're used to seeing year in year out are falling off the ladder, and there's nobody really to like take their place. Is uh, is tough to realize, but I think we're going towards that where it's like the few running backs that are left, like between Swift, Taylor, uh, maybe Javante, if they can get this Broncos offense going. But even Javante's looked kind of rough, even though he looks very efficient with his touches over six carries the first two weeks, but like not getting the usage that you would expect to produce a running back one. So I don't know. I mean, I, I watched the Broncos game. And overall, I don't like the. I haven't liked the offense anyway. We've come to that realization. But I mean, the split carries or the split time on the field between Javante and Melvin Gordon is a concern that we obviously never wanted to face when owning Javante Williams. Um, the great, the great part about it is he's only twenty two, so that time to establish himself as a true workhorse is still in play. Like you said, he's averaging six yards per carry between two games. He has. I want to say 14 uh, targets in the passing game, which is yeah. a great number you want to see for even if when he, you know, when it's all not working, he's still got that to fall back on. Uh, I think you can classify him as a true workhorse running back. Um, Mixon too. People forget Mixon. Mixon will be top five in touches this season too. Oh, yeah. He will be top five in touches. Very inefficient touches from, you know, the Steelers offense who have two touchdowns on the season. Uh, very inefficient, but the work, the volume is there for those running backs. I say there's really only six running backs I trust when it comes to getting the pure volume. Right. Um, but there's there's 14 wide receivers right off the top of my head that I love. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it's crazy, man. It just it blows my mind. It yeah, blows my mind. 
Yeah, but to transition into that, the wide receivers are going crazy. You want to talk about guys that are just absolutely just blowing the top off of their like draft capital. I mean, you yeah. brought him up earlier. Monra St. Brown is off to a crazy start. Yeah. And listen, as somebody who was the Monra hater, um, I'm kind of eating my words, although I'm still cautious because J-Mo is on the way. Uh, once he comes back from ACL, we'll see if the numbers keep up when he comes back. But I still think Jameson's probably going to be a better wide receiver than a Monra. But who says that he can't just be a monster one, two, and then they end up getting like Lamar or somebody next year. Um, and then they just both ball out. But uh, yeah, Monra looks insane and his production yeah. never fell off from the end of last season. Yeah. From that second half of the year to now, uh, I think Goff has found his guy. Yeah. Uh, this is his guy he trusts. It, this is, you know, it's just this is it. Um, it's that it's that it's that Diggs, Josh Allen type chemistry. Like, I want to look for you no matter what. I don't care what schemes are here. I don't care where coverages are set. I don't care if we're in, they're playing man, they're playing zone. I want to find him on St. Brown. Uh, he's right. a playmaker with the ball in his hands for sure. Uh, and he's reliable. I mean, 75% catch percentage. He's always on the field, 88% snap percentage, followed by an 85% snap percentage. Um, with the amount of targets he gets, it, it's concerning because Swift hasn't gotten that six, seven target game that I wanted him to have yet. He's just been very efficient yeah. on the ground. Um, believe it or not, Hawkinson, his play is down. Yeah, his Hawkinson's play. not looking good either this year. Yeah. The targets, the targets are there for Hawkinson, but it hasn't turned into anything quality. Um, I like this kid. I really do like this kid. Yeah. He has shown that he deserves to be talked about in the community as a solid option to own. Um, obviously not your Jeffersons, your Chases, your Cups, but I put him up there in the same tier as – we have to talk about him in the same tier as like Pittman, uh, Drake London, like Deontay Higgins, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he deserves to be in that tier right now. I feel like he's jumped ranks. Um, You know, shout out to him, man. Keep doing your thing. Keep balling. Yeah, I mean, it's easy. It's tough because stuff like this happens all the time where it's like it's so easy to point to and be like, okay, he got all these targets because Hawkinson and Swift were out for the majority of those weeks. He was going crazy. But I guess what we just credit is the chemistry that's built in that time between quarterback and receiver. Um. And to just the communication between the two of them, like they have to like make it work in that offense at the end of the season last year, and they did, and they just brought it back this year and never really lost it. So I mean, I'm happy for the guy. I, I you know, I love I, anybody that can go out there and impress me on the football field. I love to see it, especially on the Lions team, who is historically bad. To see them play well is uh, is good for football. So the next player that I think is outperforming his ADP. I think I want to talk about this trio. I really, really do. Um, Granted, I know the majority of this came in last week against the Ravens. But, man, this Miami offense, I said it it was going to be a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Tua is – he's had a lot of fun these first two games, man. Seven touchdown passes to start it. You know, I mean, Jalen Waddle's got three. Tyreek Hill just had a 190 yard game and two touchdown game. He had a, you know, what I mean, he had a 95 yard first game. Like, 
this offense in general, looking at ADP, like I said, people were people were talking about Tyreek, you know, the move to the transition to Miami, the downplay of QB. Obviously, we I still will tell you Pat Mahomes is a better quarterback than Tua. This isn't even a question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But he, you know, people were like, you're going from a Bentley to a Honda. Like, I, I'm ready to say he's better than a Honda, man. I've been very impressed with Tua. I have. And I and I mean you know I everybody was telling me sell high on your Waddle shares, no, Jalen <laughs> Waddle is the truth. He is yeah. the absolute truth. This this trio in general, I think they've all outperformed their ADP by tenfold. So I want to give a I want to give a little shout out to the Miami Dolphins. I've I've had fun watching them their first two weeks. They got a real test this week. They're down in Miami. They get Buffalo. Let's see what you can do. And we and we even said it on the podcast. The Ravens are the no fly zone. They have a they have probably the best secondary in football when all healthy and ready to go. Yeah, going to be a different test though. I mean, I get it. Like they, yeah, they balled last week. I can't even sit here and tell you they didn't. They look impressive as an offense. And uh, like I've came around to two a little bit. All right, I'll admit it. I hated two or two years ago. But like as time goes on, I've kind of like warmed up to him a little bit. Um. And see what we did last year, almost 500 yards passing, six touchdowns. It's crazy. Now, that could be an outlier week when you could not see that ever again. That's absolutely fair. But the fact that he's got it in him to do that says a lot about, first of all, new head coach is, yes. is balling out. Um, McDaniels is looking great out there. Um, and he's as weird as he is. Whatever he's doing, he just needs to keep doing it because he's he's got the Dolphins looking like a playoff contender this year, and that's something yeah. that I didn't see coming. Given not much going on in the run game at all, really, it's been strictly passing. Uh, so he's really putting it on Tua, and Tua's actually came around to it. He's first in passing this year now in yards. In yards, yeah. Yes, tied for touchdowns. Yes, with Carson Wentz. Actually, Pat has Pat has seven. Oh, Pat. Josh, okay. Josh right. Allen has seven as well. Where's Wentz at? Wentz has six. Wentz, I own him too. I I think it's six, but I want to. I don't quote me. I what thought he's at seven for some reason, but he's probably at six. Uh, he is at seven as well. Like I said, yeah. I wasn't sure on Wentz. I couldn't remember if it was six or seven. But no, I mean, you never would have guessed the top three passing yards leaders, fucking Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and Joe Flacco leading the league in passing yards for the first two weeks. Who would have said that? But anyway. Yeah, weird. But yeah, yeah. Mike McDaniel, uh, you know, shout out to this dude as well. Uh, comes from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. Uh, another another coach when it comes to scheming great offenses. And, dude, how fun is it to play with – to be able to coach Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill? the two fastest wide receivers in the league. This speed is so fun to watch. And whether it be pushing the ball down the field or scheming for scheming for a wide receiver at the line of scrimmage, they've had a lot of fun in this offense. It's been really fun to watch. I can't wait to see it, you know, develop into what it can be and more. Um, I do think the Ravens game is obviously an outlier game. Six touchdowns is hard to put up no matter who you are. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see the final numbers at the end of the year. I'm very excited for this offense. Yeah. 
Anybody else you got? Any players you want to talk about? Any guys that I'm super excited about off the top of my head? Um, oh, my God, I'm pulling. Well, I kind of already touched on him earlier, but James Robinson is like it, – it, as far as we go back in football, like nobody's came back from the Achilles. Um, and he's got, what, three touchdowns in two weeks and is the workhorse back in that offense. Uh, and a lot of people, including you, have had just completely written him off and you could argue that, I mean, if you're getting him late in like the 13th, 12th, 13th, 14th round of redrafts and startups, like you can start him in your starting lineup any week until proven otherwise. I mean, Doug, Doug obviously likes him in, out of the backfield. Uh, like I said, not the most productive with the ball in his hands, but like they keep going to him. Why not? He's there for first and second down. Third down, you get the ball to Travis Etienne and then he also gets the goal line work so I mean how do you not be impressed as far as like eight just strictly ADP goes how do you not impress with what J-Rob's doing in the first two weeks uh you're definitely right I can't say anything negative about the return of J-Rob um I always plant that red flag when it comes to the Achilles tear uh Cam Akers has completely lost my trust so there's that but to say that Robinson hasn't impressed me coming back, sure. Week two looked a little dicey, uh, you know, under three yards per carry. But the first week, six yards per carry, I wasn't expecting that at all, at all. But you know what? If you got him in the 13th round and he's your flex option, he's your flex or second flex, however you want to play it in your leagues, congratulations. You got a you got a good good steal in the 13th round for sure. Um. You also covered his counter his teammate, Christian Kirk. Yeah, Christian Kirk is I mean it's, the water. it's crazy that like I don't know, he paid all this money, he gets all this hate for this contract. And then he goes out here and does his first two weeks, back to back weeks with twenty plus fantasy points. Um the production's there. Him and T Law already have something going. And uh, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say he's worth all that money, but you know, it's Paying off so far for the Jags. I mean, it seems like Trevor Lawrence has found a reliable guy to go to, and that's important for a young quarterback. Sure. Building building off his first 1,000-yard season in the league, you know, gets to come over here in this new offense with, you know, a new head coach and uh, just a fresh start for Trevor Lawrence after this Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer mini era, you want to call it. Um, I have been impressed. Um, I did – snag a couple of shares of Christian Kirk, which I love having on, you know, at the start on my bench and now in my lineups, um, 18 targets for this kid, you know, as a under, as an undersized slot guy. Sure. Love it. Love yeah. it. Add them to the lineups, pay what you got to pay. What you had to pay to start the year is different than what you got to pay now. Oh yeah. Okay. You're paying a lot more now, but oh, that's also cool. why you go get your guy, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the last player I want to talk about, and this is a shout out to him from where he fell from stardom. He's had a two, he's had a two a very rough two year run. Uh, Brian Dabble comes in, man, and I love what I'm seeing from Brian Dabble and the Giants. Um, I love the heavy utilization for Saquon Barkley. Absolutely love it. Um, and like I said, this kid. I'm a diehard Penn State fan, you know that. I mean, this kid fell from fell from grace itself. Yeah. But, you know, if you're running back, if you're a running back and you're going to be getting 
20 touches and four carries a game or four targets a game, five targets a game. Give me all of that. Give me all of that. Yeah. Fantasy East in general has they all have top ten top ten schedules like on the easier side as of as, you know as recorded by PFF. I'm all for it. Saquon Barkley to me is a league winner type running back that you could have gotten yeah. the third round. Saquon is insane. Um he had a great week last week. This week his numbers look a little skewed. 20, 21 carries for I think seventy two yards. I'm going off memory mm-hmm. here. Yep. Um but the first half, he only had nine carries for 15 yards. So to turn it around in the second half and put up 72 yards is crazy. The fact that DeBole is not giving up on him is a great thing. Um, Johnson Tuno, DeBole is a great coach for us so far. He gets fired up when the offense is playing bad, which is something we haven't had since Tom Coughlin. Um, I miss having a fiery head coach on the sidelines to get these guys straight. I think the Giants are heading in the right direction. This 2-0 is very fraudulent. Um, sad part is I think we can go to 3-0 this week, and that's still going to be a fraudulent 3-0. We have the Cowboys and Cooper Rush. I think that's still another winnable game for us. But even as a fan, I'm kind of hampering expectations. We're not going to go out there and set the league on fire this first year. We still have a lot to cover. But the fact that we look like we're playing probably like 10 times better football than we did last year is such an incredible thing as a fan to see out there on the field. Um, and we're working with nothing, you know, we're paying a guy $21 million this year, uh, to sit the bench. He's not out there running routes. He's not active in the game. He literally cleared his locker and left last week after the game. Cause he was so upset about his usage, but like, you know, I do anything for the team and then we're still getting stuff done without him. So I like what I'm seeing so far out of the bowl. Um, yeah, I've been very impressed. I've loved it. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, <laughs> I feel bad for Barkley <laughs> because there's no wide receivers to help him on the outside at all. Yeah, no, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know you can't technically cut him due to the contract. I mean, it's hard to cut an $18 million player a year at the wide receiver position, but the Giants and Kenny G, y'all are done. Your, your, your run's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but to each their own. Um, the last thing I want to talk about um, in the fantasy community, you talked about Jimmy G with me last week. Um, Trey Lance has a fracture, has a fractured ankle surgery, done for the year. A lot of people ask me as a as a Trey Lance owner, how does that make me feel? Um, it sucks that I am now down in some leagues, my first round draft pick and in other leagues, I'm down Trey Lance and Dak. I'm hurting pretty bad quarterback position this year. Um, Does it change my outlook on Lance? No, I still believe in the talent. I still believe this kid is special and this injury he'll bounce back from. Um, I do think that he the extensive work needs to come in the off season though. We he we need to yeah. get down and get get to the nitty gritty when it comes to reading defenses, throwing the rock. When it comes not being so deceptive, you know, deceptive with his eyes, giving away his target where he's looking, things like that. I think it's nitty gritty. I think this kid has the ability to be a QB one in the league. I think this kid has his, the ability to be a special QB one in the league. The San Francisco offense is pretty much locked up. 
You have nobody to worry about when it comes to signing. I'm good. I'm. I don't change my stance on Lance. And I and I'm saying I'll die on this hill. Yeah. Um. So just to sit on that, I've had conversations with Steve in the past about handcuffing Jimmy G with Trey Lance, not for injury though, but for skill alone, just in case, you know. Um. And it's just something to prepare for, you know. You never know what's going to happen. Uh. He is drafted very high. Um, they traded up to go to go get him. I a lot of people thought it was going to be Mac Jones. It was Trey Lance, and uh, you know, if you look at just pure raw skills alone, yeah, Trey Lance has a chance to be a fantasy league breaker if all things go well. But um, didn't look overly great in his first two games. Given he did play in a monsoon. Uh, didn't look overly fantastic. The ankle injury sets him back even more, in my opinion. So now he has to work back from the injury. And then as soon as he gets back from the ankle injury, he has to go back and like still hone in on things as a quarterback. And I think between the two of those things is going to be a lot of trouble for him. I don't know how much improvement we're going to see in him from this year to next year through the ankle injury, just because he's going to be doing so much rehabbing, so much just taking care of that ankle. I mean, I don't know how similar it is to the Dak Prescott ankle injury, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's tough. If you remember Dak's, Dak's ankle completely like twisted around. Hold on one second, guys. I got my job calling me. Give me two seconds. Hold on. Just give me two seconds, Ryan. Yep. Well, anything just to kill the dead time. Um, yeah, just uh, some other general things that have going on in the league. You got one of the guys that I was like big up on, Allen Robinson, has uh, not been fantastic. The targets aren't there like I thought they were going to be. I thought they were going to use him more in like a Robert Woods role. Um, hasn't really seen that. He's got some ends, some red zone targets, which is good, but uh, right now. It's still Stafford just looking for Cup. So as much as I would love to see A-Rob out there doing big things with this opportunity he's got with the Rams and this high-powered offense, uh, I think it's time to hamper expectations a little bit already with Jay- with uh, Allen Robinson. And just realize that, like, it's still Cooper Cup, which is insane to me because, like, anybody in the world that's watched football last year is – you would think that like it would fall off a little bit with the acquisition of Allen Robinson. Um, but no, it's still there. And he just is so good at finding open space and Stafford just continuously looks his way. So Allen Robinson, I'm down on. Um, kind of just wait for Steven to come back here. Excuse me. Sorry, guys, about that. Uh, I apologize. Um, Ryan, as you were saying, though, uh, you you talked about the handcuffing, and, and, and you're right. It, it came back to bite us in the ass because now we're, we're scrambling for QB play. Um, but you live and you learn, man. Um, nobody accounts for injury when it comes to a fantasy football league. Uh, you're hoping your injury you – mostly, you, you mostly skill or handcuff your running backs – I never thought I had to come down to handcuff a quarterback. <laughs> that was very, very rough. 
Um, you live and you learn, man. Um, this podcast league has been very rough on us when it comes to quarterback play. You guys, on the other hand, look great. Very good, by the way. Lamar. Uh, we're representing strong, baby. That, yeah, that Honestly, that draft right there might be my strongest startup draft in, like, the history of my league. So, I think we hit on almost every pick. Even getting Elijah Moore in round seven and then flipping him for A.J. Brown for a first is just insane to me. Yeah, Christian, Christian Kirk we got in the eighth. And he and that was considered a reach then, but now he's going crazy. But that league I'm pumped about. I can't wait to see what we do. Represent the Delaware Dynasty boys in a podcast league full of experts. Um, well, semi-experts. I don't know what you want to call them. I don't think we're experts yet, but we're semi-pros, baby. Yeah, for sure. Uh, man, looking at the roster from the week one start, man, I was so excited for our roster. But Trey, like I said, Trey being down, we're we're scrambling to find QBs. People are holding QBs over our head for King's Ransoms. I can't pay these prices for what they want for a Baker Mayfield type guy. Like, I can't do it, man. I'll 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 lose before I pay you what you, you want that for Baker Mayfield. And I'm not gonna discuss it. I'm just gonna tell you it's been a little egregious. It's been a little off the wall. So Yeah. Well um, it's tough when they have a monopoly over you. It's like you have both your quarterbacks are out. You're gonna pay the fuck up. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, Thursday night picks. You see the ticker down there, Frankie and you are two and zero, baby. We would Hey, we're me and Frankie. We're rolling so far on Thursday night games. Uh, and it's funny we flop and rolls. Uh, Frankie did so great last week on Sundays. This week he did, fell off the wagon. <laughs> We fell off the wagon so hard. I think you um, flipped it. I think me and AJ are up top in the in the Sundays, and you guys are up top in the uh, Thursdays. Sunday, me and AJ yeah, yeah, yeah. by two game or one game. I think you're down by three. But I was positive. Thank God. But yeah. um, who do you who did you pick for your uh, Thursday night game? You riding <sighs> with your boys? It's a divisional game. Um, always played tough but i think the run game comes down to here and i'll be honest with you i i don't like what i've seen from the steelers to start it two touchdowns in the two touchdowns in the first two games man i took cleveland i won't lie to you i took cleveland Ooh, okay yeah um i'm looking to go three and oh here um tj watt's not playing he's a huge factor in that defense um Mika's still out there, but as far as like talent goes on your defense, it's just the TJ Watt Mika Fitzpatrick show. One of them's gone. Um, Don't disrespect Cameron Harrow like that ever again. Oh, true, true. Well, I mean, Don't. sure, yeah, Don't. yeah, sure, 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 sure. Cameron Hayward, my bad, I forgot about him. But uh, but yeah, I'm still taking the I'm taking the Browns here. Um, still no quarterback play, but Nick Chubb three touchdowns last week. Um, even Kareem Hunt hasn't looked bad when he gets the ball in his hands, given he's not scoring touchdowns out here, but he's a good back to alleviate Chubb whenever needed. Um, and then you even got to see Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Jesus Christ, Amari Cooper flash last week. He went over 100 yards in a touchdown, I want to say. Um, and the Steelers' offense just looks not, not impressive. Um, everybody's taking a shot. Even Deontay Johnson, who I think is an alpha wide receiver, has been – average 
Um, so until the Steelers can prove that they're doing anything at all, uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the Browns in this one. I'm looking to go three and zero on Thursdays. Historically, Nick Chubb kills us too. So just keep that in mind. Um, AJ took Cleveland as well. Uh, I have not, I have not heard from Frankie though. Do you know Frankie's pick off the top of your head? Uh, unless he posted it in group chat, I'm gonna go over it. He has not texted me anything. I'm not sure if he put his picks in or not. Yeah, so I will hold off on on Frankie's pick. Um, I will post it later to the to the Twitter. But other than that, man, it's been good talking about week two. Uh, football, it gets crazier every year. Uh, this year has been nuts. Yeah. And it's not been good to me when it comes to quarterbacks. Not hasn't good. been good to me referring to running backs. Like, running backs just not not it this year. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that'll wrap it up. Um uh, Thanks for everybody that tuned in. Uh, no Frank and AJ this week. Uh, hopefully we get them back soon. Honestly, I hope you guys can get a, a podcast done in uh, before I get back on Monday. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll, if we'll not, then so be it. Uh, we just got to start pumping it up. We'll figure uh, it out. You, you, yeah. know, you know my work schedule has been a little spotty here recently. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, I apologize to the people that – Look forward to multiple podcasts. I apologize. My work schedule has been a little spotty. So work with me here. Uh, content's still going to flow. We're still going to post every week. Um, we appreciate the support. We appreciate we appreciate you guys, the patience as well when it comes to the show. Uh, other than that, man, that's it. I'm, we're going to sign off for week two, and we'll see you guys soon. Yep. See you there, boys.